hopefully we can get this all right welcome to to the nerd trick podcast uh thank you for joining us today my name is jeff i have my two co-hosts here with me i have phil hey everybody and david hey guys Thank you for joining us today. We'll, we will be talking about Tomorrow is Yesterday, uh, original air date, January 26th, 1967. Um, this is actually episode number 19. Um, I think I called Arena 19 in our last one, but it was actually 18. This is 19. Um, and it's our episode number 19 as well. So this was actually supposed to be the two-parter, um, I believe, at the end of Mary Naked or something. Time. Naked Time. That's what it was. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was supposed to be a two-parter. They decided to scrap that. So this is kind of the redo of that. Um, so thank you for joining us. We do have a guest um, that I'll be introducing. Um, he's an original Star Trek watcher. Um, his name is Craig, and he's my dad. So thank, Hi, you, guys. thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, we're doing a little, what's what's it uh, in politics, when you, like, like when you hire your family? what that's called nepotism nepotism Nepotism. there we go (laughs) doing some nepotism um so thank you for joining us um so you've been watching this since you were a kid um we had kim on before she kind of had a similar perspective but um Mm -hmm. what was it like watching this then how do you feel watching it now is it changed is it better worse same it's it's in some ways it's kind of the same so i was 13 when this when Star Trek came out, and at the time it was the middle of the space race, and they even referenced that a little bit in the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. And so we're in real life trying to beat the Russians to the moon, and you get and they do launches, and I'd get up and watch them as a kid and stuff. And then Star Trek comes along, and it's like, oh man, this is cool. This could be <laughs> the potential future. And uh, and uh, after all, kind of the hokey stuff and Lost in Space, which was yeah yeah <laughs> uh-huh. oh yeah that's been brought but, so this was like much cooler as far as oh you know what could potentially uh the space race could turn into very cool absolutely and i think that's you know we this ties into how it was at the time with all the social issues the space race all right well thank you for joining us uh we appreciate it it's a good perspective so make sure you jump in and stop us anytime to say something because we'll just <laughs> okay. we'll just ramble We'll it, is, yeah. this thing. it is interesting. I didn't think about it before, but it is a couple of years right before we landed on the moon in 1969. So that's when this came out was 67. Right. So yeah. this was all, you know, you're watching all the shit that, the, you know, Mercury, Gemini, beginning of the Apollo program. And, and uh, it was cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. Um, so let's do this. Um, since you're our guest, what was your first, your first uh, initial thoughts about this episode? going into it do you remember watching it then or is this kind of a new one for you um i i mean i've seen this episode several times i don't remember specifically watching it the first time but even when i watched it just the other day to get refreshed it was like uh you know the air the i'm retired air force so i'm i live that life so when they're showing all the air force stuff going on it's like yeah that's pretty much how it was and they were you know fairly accurate and all of that and uh there are some interesting perspectives on it, you know, as things go along and we know more about the Star Trek universe now, um, but, which this was like the first time they did some, touched on some of these uh, items. Well, and how could you not remember your exact thoughts? It was only like 50 years ago. I know. <laughs> I'm <an old> guy. <laughs> Those brain cells got destroyed. 
I can't remember what I had for breakfast. You can't remember an episode from 50 years ago? <laughs> Someone has to. Very good. Um, uh, Phil, what, what were your first thoughts about this? Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, time travel episodes are always interesting things in the Star Trek universe. And uh, it was it was kind of interesting, though, to see the whole take that, the, that TOS had on it going back to the 60s and uh, the, the military installation, top secret and UFOs and stuff. Uh, it hit a lot of really good buttons there. And uh, yeah, uh, the only issue I had, of course, was how they wrapped it up to get back to status quo. It was like all of a sudden we just go really fast and time goes backwards and good to go. All right, we're set. So oh, you have to go really fast in reverse. Yeah, time they, yeah, backwards. we got to go backwards. I hope somebody's going looking forwards over shoulder. goes forwards yeah. and backwards goes backwards because time has a forwards and backwards gear. Yeah, time <laughs> so is relative. That, that was my only issue but i mean you have to have a mechanism to get back and we'll see throughout the series all the tar- all the uh, time travel episodes they use some weird little gimmick to get themselves back to right where they should be and so we can keep going but otherwise it was a great episode it was really fun to see uh kind of that 60s mentality space race uh that whole thing so yeah it was really yeah. good all right fair enough yeah and, David. A lot, and a lot at that time too ufos were huge so mm-hmm. yeah okay. that's true yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, what was your your take? Well, yeah, my my, uh, my brain is of two <laughs> minds on this one because I I think the first thing I texted you, Jeff, after I watched it was that this the inaccuracies would make spikes or Spock's logic brain just explode. Um, because yes, they do have the issue of obviously how do you move backwards and forwards, and then they were able to like move back a little bit, and then the like beaming the guy back into the, the ship or the aircraft at the exact moment and all that. It just, mm-hmm. uh, like I was sitting there and it, one it made half, no sense. Yeah. yeah. One half of my brain was screaming. The other half was loving it. Cause it is great sci-fi. I love time travel stories, even when they suck, um, <laughs> even when they're inaccurate, even because they did. And they did try to give some of that in there. They're like, you can't see this cause you could cause a, a time paradox and cause an issue in the future and change things and stuff like that. And, you know, back to the future is full of crap too, but I love that as a time travel travel movie series mm-hmm. yeah, right. agreed. Awesome. agreed um so I, yeah I, I, this one gets a pretty good rating on the dave meter i'd say probably maybe a 6.5 <laughs> okay interesting all right well cool well thank you guys um let's dive into it so um all right opens up um i think this is maybe one of the few where we don't see anything from space basically it's, it's a lot of stock footage of some air force bases um you know planes are getting readied yeah, an F-104 just goes zipping by. It's like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> Some fantastic stock footage. Um, so then it cuts to a radar scene, and there's a officer in there. He's, It's like one guy staring at a radar. He goes, oh, there's a thing on the screen. Um, he goes, but it looks strange. It just came out of nowhere, dropped out of the sky. So his boss says, okay, scramble the jets. We got to get someone up there. So they get a pilot up there. He's looking around, and then, of course, all of a sudden he looks up, and it's the you know gigantic Enterprise just like, floating in the sky just hovering mm-hmm. there and that was the best part yeah because it's so aerodynamic it can just hold up in an atmosphere like didn't yeah, we just good. have a conversation a few episodes back about how the enterprise can't go into an atmosphere yeah it would burn up in the atmosphere yeah we sure did <laughs> it's too big suspend disbelief everybody suspend yeah. disbelief well i mean it must have been in like a low orbit so it was seen like but not completely Oh, they show it like in the clouds. Like, yeah, they sent, yeah. they dispatched the F one hundred four to go intercept it. The, yeah. the thing's no, not climbing the, to, to the, the space. 
yeah. the 104 is only going to be at like 40,000 feet max, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> See, this is a good episode because you're retired Air Force. This is a, kind of a military Air Force episode. So we, you can kind of be like our scientific advisor. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So yeah, he sees the Enterprise, cuts to the opening sequence, and this is when we get our captain's log, which which is a very rough explanation. He basically says, we were en route to Starbase 9 for resupply when a black star of high gravitational attraction dragged us towards it. And then we were... A black hole. <laughs> right. So this actually, the actual term for black hole wasn't even created yet. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it wasn't until like the 70s, I think, that they actually coined the term a black hole. It was just kind of theory at that point. Um, yeah, so it's dragging them towards it. They go to like full reverse, and then they get into a time warp. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> yeah, every time they said that, I was like, oh. Time warp. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Just to jump so they do to that. the left. <laughs> no. And then we okay. warp to the right. Okay. <laughs> that's that's our 30 seconds. He did dunk suit over this. Yeah. Um, Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the, yeah. So that's kind of our backstory. Um, some of their their main systems are off. Secondary systems are there. That's kind of why they're in this low orbit. Um, of course, Scotty's working on it. You know, there's no casualties, so we we will do not get to add to the kill count yet, but we'll see. Uh-huh. Um, so they're trying to. They don't know where they're at yet either. So he asks uh, Uhura to scan for any kind of Starfleet signals. And I think this is actually the first time they actually say the words Starfleet. Starfleet, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, she's ordered to contact Starfleet Control. Yeah, yeah they used the, uh, Starfleet for the first time. So, and she says, oh, can't find anything, but I'm picking up something else. So that's when we pick up this radar or the um, the signal of the... Of Channel the 7 News Hour, Channel 5, yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah, and that's what was great. I think... Station or whatever. Um, but it, even in that, um, that clip said, oh, on Wednesday is going to be the first manned space shuttle, right? For first manned flight to the moon. But if this was in the 60, first moon shot, moon yeah. first moon shot, but they did this in, well, 67. they made it in 67, but as yeah. we all know, the first trip to the moon wasn't until 69. So and, and Kirk makes that statement. He says, he says, oh, wasn't the first moon landing in, in the late 1960s? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say they made course, sure this not is to before. specifically state what it was. Well, but uh, it's funny that's a pretty because... good guess by DC Fontana, though, to get it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this is a DC Fontana episode, um, which is funny because I think um, back then they thought, like, okay, we may not even get to the moon until maybe the 70s. But they, well, they, they... At, yeah, at that time, Kennedy had said, you know, at the end of the decade. Right. Well, at the end of the decade. End of the decade. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so we're still a couple years out from that, but I don't. I think in 67 was the Apollo 1 fire, and that kind of, you know, put everything on hold for a couple of years. And so then everybody really didn't know if they were going to make it by then. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I think this, if, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I think this either aired the same day as the Apollo 1 fire, or like within a couple of days of it. Uh, that was in, that would have been January of 67. When was this air date? January, January of 67. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this was the day before. First aired the, before. the 26th of January. Wow. Apollo 1, Apollo 1 caught fire on the 27th. Huh. So, very yeah, nice which is kind of weird. I mean, and they put in, they, they probably put this Kirk line in as kind of a throwaway wow. that, you know, that they're working towards it, but it's like, it does tie in so much. Yeah. So, Even when I watched this the other day and I had totally forgotten that and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool that they had 
throwing that in there, you know, from the the broadcast because I didn't remember that from before. Yeah, so it's cool. They definitely kind of you know show that they're they're looking forward. There's always the possibility of what's what's ahead. Um, okay, so they make this this realization. They go, okay, we're in the 1960s. Where are we at? Um, she wrote, so then uh, Uhura reports that she picks up this broadcast from the from the airplane to the to the base. Um, they tie it in. They start calling the Enterprise a UFO. Um, this is when they start. They see, are they what? They put the tractor beam on the airplane. Yeah, the guy's in the thing and he's coming up and he's going to see it. And Kirk's first thing is like, "Oh, use the tractor beam to hold him in place," which makes you know logical sense. And uh, they do it, and Spock's like, "Yeah, you're going to make that ship break up. It's going to just come apart." Um, and lo and behold, yeah. it starts to. So, oh, Kirk whoops! Thinking, yeah, Kirk <laughs> yeah, thinking quickly is like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't kill anyone while we're here." It beams him aboard. Right. Which is then a mistake too, though, because now you've already tainted him. He's seen of the future. Yeah, the, there there is no prime directive yet. So anything about interfering with the timeline or temporal prime directive or anything is not even close to existence yet. So they're just like, yeah, beam him on board. What's the worst that could possibly happen? Well, and when it happened in my brain, I was like, oh, no, he's going to see things. It's going to be a problem. And I'm like, watch, the show's going to ignore that. And I was actually really happy that they didn't because I thought with how loosey-goosey they are about yeah. Yeah, when Spock's like, well, never. nobody's going to care about you because nothing happens. And then they like, have to go back through the historical records. That was actually pretty interesting how they did that. I thought they were just going to say, oh, promise not to say anything and then send them back and be like, yeah. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, oh, yeah. So, OK, they do that. They beam, beam him on board. Uh, what was his name? Captain John yes. Christopher. Christopher, yeah. Uh, shield number four eight five seven nine three two. I have it written down. I I don't memorize that. Um, so he introduces himself. I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know that is sad. It's okay. <laughs> so and yeah, and all of a sudden he just takes him up to the bridge. He's like, oh, let's go. Let's give you a tour. Uh, he sees Spock. Of course, we get the this is your first alien. Uh, weird you know, camera angles. Cause apparently that freaks everyone out that he's their first alien. Mm-hmm. And he's, and, and he's, he's not even that scary of an alien. Like, it's not like, it's like on TNG when, when they, when they do, they do these time travel things and they first see Worf. And oh my gosh. People, and people pass out. Yeah. <laughs> but they just see Spock and you're like, eh, he's got some pointed ears. Like, eh, he, whatever. Yeah, I, I, got his... Go ahead, I Dave. I expected one of them to be like, Oh, you have an elf. Like, <laughs> that's essentially what, he is. He's a tall, skinny dude with pointy ears. He's an elf. An elf? <laughs> Tolkien was around then, so they could have known about elves. Uh, hey, maybe. No. Well, it's, it's, Even uh, Christmas way, elves had guess. pointy ears way back when, like way before the 60s. That's true. True. Um, all right, so he gives him a bit of a tour. He asks him about the ship, and actually Kirk says, oh, this is one of 12 in the service of the United Earth Space Probe Agency. Lies. All lies. There's all 14. Lies. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, there is 14. Um, and they're messing with the time. So, the, so is it later in the other series that they make the, the Enterprise the flagship? Because I know at some point it's supposed to be the biggest and most technologically advanced flagship of the Federation. The, That's not the case yet. This is just like one of 13 they turned out or 14 or whatever. Um, not I don't the know. Enterprise D will be the first flagship. Um, the previous Enterprises, <laughs> there were multiple in their class. And I mean... 
they weren't they, they they participated in specific <laughs> incidents which were special but they, they themselves weren't weren't like made like the enterprise d was where it's like this is the ship of, of starfleet yeah all right okay yeah so he's already tainting him he's giving him all the, this information um he's letting uhura kind of show him around the bridge and this spock pulls him to the side and says you've showed him too much he can't go back now sorry he's like oh yeah Shit, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Um, I forgot. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to do that. Whoopsies. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So they so they decide to go to Kirk's quarters. They get him changed into a uniform. And then this is this weird I don't they threw in this this gag last minute, but the the, the computer has like a weird kind of a sexy voice and it calls her her d- deer. Uh, deer. Calls him deer, yeah. Yeah. And and Spot comes in and says, Oh, we had the computers uh serviced on Signet fourteen whatever, and they decided to give the person their computer a personality, and I'm like, that's such a weird subplot to throw into this already thing that is like with time travel and all that. Like, it's, yeah, it's it was weird. very a very a very odd detail that we went to yeah. this planet that's a matriarchal society, and so all the all the women there decided to give the computer a women's voice and attitude and stuff. I was like, yeah. what a weird detail to throw right in the middle of the story. <laughs> it was just it was like it's kind of the comic relief. It's a very it's a very Green Lantern type of thing to do because they have the Star Sapphires is a whole planet full of women, and there are not a lot of other things that I've seen in sci-fi where they're like they give a planet full of women an actual purpose instead of just being like a paradise or something where people go to or whatever. No. Um, but of course, then down the road, the computer's got you know Magical Barrett's the voice of the computer, and yeah, right. So but it doesn't have a personality as much, but. At least she sounded better than whatever they were using for the voice. In yeah, she, she wasn't calling Picard deer, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right. Um, okay, so yeah, so they, they have this meet. He, he, he tells the, the Air Force captain, Christopher, that he can't go back. Sorry, you've seen the future. It's too much. He goes, but I have a wife and children. He goes, oh, sorry. Uh, Spock comes in and says, oh, we did a, a historical search on you. You have no significant accomplishments in, in your life, which is very uplifting. <laughs> Nobody's gonna miss you. Yeah. No, yeah, no We're one keeping cares. you here because you suck. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Scotty says we'll have the engines back in a couple hours. Um, okay, so that's kind of where the where they're at. Um, all, right, all right. So then we see they say. Um, you know, he's Captain Christopher says, "Okay, well, I was midair. I took pictures of, of the Enterprise on my uh, cameras, cameras, and yeah. there's there's." Yeah, and there's recordings of it, so there's actually evidence back at the base that you guys exist. So they're like, okay, crap, now we have to go do something about this. Yeah. Or it'll alter everything. Which is weird, too, because to me, I, I would have thought it'd be like, oh, it, they'll just think we're a UFO. We don't care. Well, but it's uh, kind of that idea of, like, clear pictures of UFOs have never really been uncovered. So if you get clear pictures from a military aircraft... That, that was the know whole of. Though, like, that they yeah, won't we be know of, exactly. Right? Explain it I was away. thinking the uh, same thing. I'm a, conspiracy, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I've worked in the black world a little bit. So if they don't want you to know something, they're not going to let it out. So yeah, well, and and you have worked on uh, uh, projects, yeah, uh, things that I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Um, so yeah, there is. I mean, obviously, if if they really did see a UFO, they're not going to release it. It gets like, oh, it's a weather balloon. They're not going to release it. That's true. Yeah, it probably yeah. would have gone down with all the other UFO sightings. Yep. Right. Um, okay, so they do that. 
so they that, that that's kind of where we're at they are going to have to go run a mission to go do this um because they have to do that because why not what else is there i don't know this this plot got a little wonky at some times for me a little <laughs> <laughs> well, well you got the whole thing with kirk and sulu going down to try and find the tapes and then right yeah it's just yeah it's kind of all over the place here I mean, first, yeah. first the captain very predictably tries to escape and go down because they just tell him like, "Oh, you can never go back. Sorry." And then they send him back to his quarters and leave him by himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you, what do you expect someone like this to do? Oh well, let me check out this new ship. Or, no, you're gonna grab like something and try to get back to your family. That's yeah, what let's just get out of here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he the, does. <laughs> the security on the Enterprise is not not, not the best. Non-existent. Uh, True. They're right. very trustful. Very yeah. trusting. So yeah, so they um, Kirk and Sulu beam down. They're gonna go get the tape and some like photographic records, and they're kind of skulking around the base. Um, at one point, they get caught by a security guard. So they he activates um, one of their emergency communicators, and he gets beamed up by accident. Mm-hmm. So Kirk's like shit. Well, now we got another guy, but he 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 responds like he's very wild-eyed. Like um, he's like I don't know what's what's going on. He's like completely freaked out. Um. So yeah, so they're still skulking around. Um, Which brings they finally... up an inter- interesting little point too, because yeah. in in Star Trek, one of the things that has always been there is that they beam all over the place. Like a ship is crashing, they grab them, they beam them out, whatever. Yeah. And in this, it's like they have to be holding one of the tricorders or the communication devices to be targeted or something, and that's how they're pulling accidental people up. And far later on, they're able to like identify exactly who it is and beam up the right people and. Um, yeah, sensors it, and the, trans, and the transporter targeting system stuff like becomes, that. Yeah. yeah, this targeting system becomes much more advanced later. Well, but even in this one, I think like they've pulled some people out of. Didn't they pull them out of the crashing shuttle and such? Like they didn't. All yeah, that was just like a wide beam beam out though. It wasn't like, hey, we're targeting a Klingon biosign and are going to beam it up. It's. Yeah, I don't think they do that in this series. No, we don't have well, we don't have that technology yet. Yeah, well, because even in, in TNG, they still need their comm badges to lock onto the, to their signals. They can search for, like, a heartbeat or a life sign, but mm-hmm. not a specific, like, your comm badge is your signal. Kind okay. of. Okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I right, just so noticed Kirk... that was a little different. It seemed like they were, all of a sudden, they're like, you have to have this thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, a, yeah, it's always kind of been like that. Um, all right, so Kirk and Sula are down there. They're still going around. They go into the photograph lab. Um, oh no, I, Dave would appreciate this. I think when they're trying to find one of the films, Kirk says, "Oh, it's it's an old school computer I've seen at museums," and they go, "Let's just oh, take yeah. the entire tape." And it's this yep. giant like they wheel of tape. off of a reel to reel machine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then he's like, "Yeah, if you fire that up, it's going to be noisy." He's like, "I ain't firing up nothing." <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to take this whole big reel and just take this with us, and they stick it in a bag. I was like, oh. <laughs> they're just like uh, Indiana Jonesing it. They're just like putting it into their little satchels and running off. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're doing that. They get they activate some sort of a sensor, um, which goes to a blinking light in a command room somewhere. Uh, they the the headups rush in. Kirk lets Sulu stay in the dark room, and he comes out and he just like he freaking throws himself at these guys. He like body rolls and just chucks himself at them, which is fantastic. Classic. Yeah. Very Kirk, I, very Kirk being Kirk. 
It is. He he probably double fists some guys. There's some karate chops. His shirt doesn't come off, so I don't think we see his nipples this time. <laughs> I don't think. At least not yet. Uh, not, not yet. Yeah. It's, that, that's always a possibility with Kirk. So we don't uh, know. But I think his shirt stays on. <laughs> this episode uh, it does, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so they're doing that. He comes back, and it was very reminiscent. This kind of scene is in Star Trek Four when um, they're inside of the nuclear vessel, and they're they're collecting <laughs> the uh, other radiation. <laughs> he <just> snorted um, <laughs> when he sends Uhura back, and um, uh, a checkoff stays behind and gets gets caught. It was very reminiscent of of that for mm-hmm. me, which obviously yeah. we know that comes later. But, True. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kirk gets. I love how Phil is still laughing about that. That's that's my one good joke. I'm done. Because <laughs> it's the best line. <laughs> Nuclear whistles. Um, okay, so Kirk gets uh, captured. They're kind of interrogating him. He's giving some, you know, there's one line where the guy says, "If you don't talk, we'll keep you in jail for 200 years." And he goes, "Yeah, that seems about right." That's about right. Yeah. yeah. That might be just about enough time. Which again, we still don't know. They they still never say what an exact year that Star Trek takes place in. There's star dates, but not like a year. I don't think. Yeah, the star dates are all over the place, so. Yeah, that don't make sense. Uh, all right, so um, back to the ship. Scotty's there. Everything's kind of cool. Um, I think, what, that's about almost it. They, How do they get Kirk back? He, he probably breaks out again. He probably hits somebody. Doesn't he? Well, they beam down. So they issue out, <laughs> no they issue out phasers. No. Spock and Sulu get phasers set to maximum stun. Apparently not regular Ooh. stun, but they have maximum stun. That's like double red stun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, didn't Scotty or somebody, didn't Scotty say, or McCoy goes, Mr. Spock, haven't they been down there long enough? And Spock goes, yeah, you're right. Let's go check them out. So that's, that's right. how they beam down. Because McCoy, you know, he's being Mr. Emotional, of course. So, yeah. When the new guy they beamed up, they're making him like chicken soup and showing him cool things. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. you just had a problem well, so... with showing one guy all this stuff. Now you're showing the next guy all this stuff. Yeah. Just keep him in the room and don't let him leave and like then send him back down and he'd have nothing to report, really. Like, yeah. I don't well, know. He, he got to have some magic chicken soup. He puts in like yeah. a chicken soup card and it, it, it pops <laughs> out. And he's like completely yeah, amazed by it. Like, See, if they spark. were really worried, they would have put blindfold on him and just sat him there and and don't talk to, or isolated him in some other room. Yeah, yeah, yeah they weren't exactly Quarant- like, yeah, man, they're not like... quarantining him <laughs> at, at all. But yeah, um, the spot goes yeah. down, he takes out the two guys holding Kirk. Christopher pulls one of the security guards' guns and like refuses to come back. Um, yeah. Well, and Spock Kirk just nerve pinches everybody. Yeah, we get a we get a karate yeah. chop and a couple of nerve pinches, and we're good to go. Yeah, that's basically it. He just nerve pinches him and pulls him back. Yeah. Um, so everyone's safe. Yeah, and then yeah, so they're like, okay, so they kind of fix the problem with that, and then you're like, but they're, you know, they're not going to take this guy back to the future. Uh, back to the future. Back to the future. Um, <laughs> take- <laughs> But there was a part yeah. of me that was like, I would have been, if I was the writer, I would have been tempted to be like, this is guy is just now a part of the crew. Like, just make, give him a job to do <laughs> or something. Put him up on the bridge with the rest of the guys at the con that we see every he's, different person that we're able to Yeah, put him in a red shirt. He's a historian. He, he can teach it at the academy <laughs> as like a historian, like a military ancient history, historian. Ancient <laughs> American history. Yeah. And then you put him in a red shirt, the problem will solve itself. It made it True. sound like if they took him with them and didn't ever send him back, he was going to serve no useful purpose in the future whatsoever. And it's like, 
Oh, that's BS, you know. Yeah. He could be retrained or something. He could be what? something, yeah. His only contribution yeah. was ma- having a son, so they just needed him to go make his deposit at some point. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that, that took a turn. Um, but So then, yes, we, we do learn from Spock that he goes, oh, I forgot to check your children and descendants. And he goes, you have a son. And and, and Captain Christopher says, well, I, I don't have a son. And they go, yet. Yet. <laughs> um, so he goes, oh, so your son. Like- like the first manned trip to Saturn, or he was the the captain of the first manned trip to Mars. I oh, or Saturn? No, Saturn. Saturn, Saturn I believe. Yeah. Don't take Dave's side. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the same. Um, so you so you do have to go back because this is an important key moment in you know our space history because yeah. that has to lead to other things. So they go, okay, well we got to send you back now. So then this is when they figure out this weird time. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to head towards the sun. And, of course, watching this on Netflix with the updated graphics is fantastic. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They 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 fly through that solar flare that comes out. I know you like the original old school 60s stuff. But, man, when you watch the new stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've had many a debate. Yeah. uh, Yeah, about the graphics and CGI and what they updated and what they didn't. Because, but, yeah. This was this was the part where my time travel brain really started to hurt because they're like, okay, we're just gonna go back a little bit, and then we'll beam you guys down to the moment you left, and everything will be the same. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, but they still know everything. Like now you're just dropping them into the spot they were in a little while back. Not to mention, apparently, to go back, you had to like be by a black star and get slingshotted through space, moving in the right direction. Like they made it all complicated. Yeah. And then they were like, we'll just go back a little and drop you guys off, and then we'll go forward again to our time. <laughs> Well, yeah, that Spock... was a little confusing. It was confusing yeah. in the '60s. It was confusing now. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense then. It doesn't make sense now. <laughs> knowing everything that we know over the past well, 50 years, it's still just, like, uh, wait yeah, a minute. <laughs> it's like, and just them heading towards the sun to get speed. It's like, well, the sun is only what eight and a half light minutes from Earth. It's not going to take yeah. you guys that long at warp three to get to the sun. It's like, hello. About 30 right, seconds. Yeah. I got that whole I thing's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, and they they do kind of explain it more in Star Trek Four. They go, oh yeah, you you go towards the sun and you pull away, and that's a time warp because they obviously are referencing this when they do it in Star Trek Four. Um, but it's but it's weird, yeah. They go towards the sun, they pull, they pull back, and then they go. Time starts to go backwards, and then yeah, they're and then they're essentially going to quantum leap these guys back into their own bodies, which is mm-hmm. like, I don't know how you do that because you're just putting matter back into matter, and their brains, I it, it makes zero sense. Yeah. Well, so there are different time travel rules about when you go back in time. And one of them is that if you were to go back into a time you've already been at, there'd be two copies of you. They did that in Back to the Future 2 where he's running around stopping himself in 1955. Yeah. And then there's this one, which apparently, like, if you go back to a time you were already at, you just assume the form of whatever you were at that time. Because otherwise, think about it. If they went back, there'd be two Starship Enterprises also. There'd be the one that was there originally, and now there's the one that's coming back to drop him off. Which doesn't make sense because you can't change the past. The 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 Enterprise was there at the start when they saw it. Right. Oh and yeah. Suddenly it's gone. I'm like, that's not how this works. It, well, well, it's technically it's a, it's a temporal paradox. You would probably cause the entire universe to implode. But well, when, and, you're, and, when you're watching this in '66, <laughs> like, holy shit, this is cool. Yeah. 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 I know. Well, and then you throw in the whole warp ten barrier. So yeah. once yeah. once you yeah. hit warp ten. You could be in an infinite number of places all at the same time. 
is the theory. So Sports that could drive. that lends itself to to that's what threw me knowing about Sports the warp ten barrier, but then heading towards the sun, increasing their speed. I'm like, wait a second, no. Nah. Yeah. And so I was like, they, uh, what they'd have to do is they'd have to go back in time, they'd have to assume the form of where the Enterprise was before, and then you'd have to basically kill the Christopher that was there now, and you'd have, have to, to get it exactly right. As soon as the guy was beamed up to the plane, you'd have to beam him back and then somehow keep the plane from falling apart, which they didn't address either, because the time they beamed him was when he was being beamed out and the ship was, or the plane was falling apart. Yeah. yeah, they just let him crash. They lost the yeah, the plane crashed <laughs> in the field in Nebraska. So now he's dead. Now he's not going to have his kid. And now you're screwed, anyways. Like you just yeah. Yeah. sorry, everybody. Don't don't think about it too hard. Just which is that's, it's like what more what time travel, yeah, yeah. It's like what yeah, what Kim yeah. said when she was on. It's like you're just watching this to watch this. You know, we're we're definitely nitpicking, but it's just my logical brain needs to be like, no, at least at least try like more kind of Avengers. You know, endgame this a bit. Well, that's the whole subplot of this yeah. show. We can nitpick something to death. Are you kidding? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, that's, knowing what you know now that's, from that's all our premise. shows that have come, you know, since then, like back all the Back to the Futures and everything else. So you can nitpick it. In '66, it was just it. It was what it was. That's so, true. Because yeah, there's there's no Terminator reference. yet. Yeah. There's right. no hot tub time machine. Yeah. You know, this is like but the only first or second time of time travel. You know, yeah, there was that TV true. show called The Time Tunnel that was on about this same yeah. time, and and you know they jumped around, but you can't, you know, the suspension of disbelief, you know, you right. just got to yeah, go yeah. with yeah. it. And go, yeah, this is cool. So and every, every time travel movie requires a suspension of disbelief because oh, it yeah. was. But you can tell at this point, yeah, they hadn't really thought through some of the other theories like alternate alternate universes and separate timelines and all that stuff that Yet. they've addressed in some of it. The Endgame did that, I think, better than most. So I was kind Mirror, of like, Mirror yeah. is coming up. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All um, yeah. yeah, so th- that's kind of how the episode ends. They put everyone back. Everything's cool. Yay, we fixed it. They get back to Earth. They pick up a Starfleet signal and they go, oh, Enterprise, where are you? And Kirk says, oh, the Enterprise is home. Um, well, and but of that's course, how the not a, ends. But of course, they have to go through the whole drama scene of, oh my gosh, we're going to shake apart. We might break up. Da, 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 go faster. No, no, no. Okay, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're fine. Because <laughs> they always fine. almost break up. Most anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it has to be a little bit of drama. Um, yeah, but that's roughly how the episode ends. Um, you know, everything's back to normal. Cool little fun um, time travel episode. Uh, I did enjoy it. It's probably a middle of the road one for me. Uh, Dad, what what do you think of this upon watching it well, again now? I, I liked it the first time. I liked it now. I've liked it multiple times. <laughs> the only thing I have a hard time with, and I didn't obviously when it came out, but the military police guys do not run around on duty in their dress blues. They <laughs> yeah. don't carry their weapons. Yeah, they're in fatigues. Sidearm, they're in fatigues exactly, and yeah. you don't have everything all in one little location on reel-to-reel. T- I mean, reel-to-reel tapes was what they had back in the day, but what are the chances of grabbing the right ones that have the telemetry data or whatever on there, the computer yeah. tapes? You know, and it on the computer time, tapes. I think. But... Yeah, but, you know, and but the building they were in, the set, looked like most military bases probably did in the 60s with that crappy green paint <laughs> very uh, nondescript chicken, uh, the, yeah the chicken wire on the glass to keep it from breaking and uh uh the cork board with the on the wall because their sulu looks at that mm-hmm. uh, and, uh the, the cork bulletin board you know so yeah 
you know. Oh, so. and I will um, actually. So, since we're talking about military, um, uh. <laughs> as 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 a fan, and we always uh, appreciate fan feedback. And apparently, we were just super lazy and never looked this up. Uh, my my father has a correction for us, so please please go for it. Hey. So I so I'm on the treadmill the other day listening, and Jeff, my wonderful son, goes. Uh, Roddenberry was in the Navy. You guys were talking about balance of terror and I'm going, no, he wasn't. And so I wiki it up and he was an air force combat pilot. And then he ended up flying for the airline. So Roddenberry's time in the military was in, uh, the air, air corps, probably at the time, army air corps, Sla- oh, army boy. air corps slash air force. Uh, and so that's where he got his, uh, experience and then went on mm-hmm. to become a civilian airline pilot. And then, uh, moved and he was on a cop. To things. And he yeah. was a cop as well, he was, yeah. He was LAPD, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, because yeah. when you said submarine, I knew he was in the military, but at the time I'm going, no, I don't think so. But, yeah, so yeah. there you so, go. Yeah. So, so, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. That and, sounded good because it was such a submarine-type episode, which oh, yeah. makes and it interesting, too, because the whole show is very submarine-esque, and yet Air Force, you know, you'd almost yeah. expect something a little more Star Wars-y, dogfight-type Air Force stuff out of someone who was well, an Air Force Yeah, pilot, not so but, much yeah. uh, for Red October, yeah. Well, you can't yeah, because then yeah. you're getting into the whole Star Wars argument that there's no pressure in space and you can't really have a dogfight in space and because there's no gravity or there's no air pressure to bank and do all that. So you, you have to be more of a that. sub. I already explained that one away. Yeah. Okay, anyways, <laughs> so, so thank you for that. Yes, we were just too lazy or we didn't care no, to look I, that up. That's just no, bad. I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Phil, what's, what's your parting thoughts on uh, Tomorrow is Yesterday? I'm kind of with you. It was like a six-ish kind of episode for me. Uh, yeah, other than my head wanting to just hurt so bad at the end of the episode with how they get back. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like I said at the beginning. It's a, just an interesting view of that time and the views of the space race and things that were going on and spying and all that stuff. Like, we got to beat the Reds to space and like UFOs See, and everything. It it would have been interesting if they had this this episode when Chekhov was had joined joined the cast because if you had Chekhov beam down and get oh, captured, yeah. that would have oh, been yeah. Yeah. Thing. as a, a Russian. Ship. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would have been mm-hmm. something for sure. Yeah. Freaked out. Are you kidding? Me? Yeah. Exactly. Well, because even in Star Trek Four, I mean, it's it's the '80s, so it's still Cold War, and they mm-hmm. find a Russian on a nuclear uh, on on the Enterprise on, yeah, on a, the aircraft yeah. carrier. So it's like okay, that's kind of the same thing. So, uh, Dave, what's what's your your take on this one? Uh, pretty much the same. Like I said at the beginning, just have two minds about it. My alternate title is definitely "Time Travel is Easy." Like, forget <laughs> tomorrow is yesterday. Just time travel is easy. We can just time travel here, there, anywhere. We can get flung through time travel at any time we want. Uh, it's it, yeah, they they make it ridiculously easy, which I get. Our show, it's hard to make. The, the circumstances that would actually succumb to tram travel yeah. involved would be very complicated and stuff to add. But yeah, I liked it. Like I said, about a 6.5 on the Dave meter. It was interesting. I always do like in some of these shows, they've done it on Star Trek, they did it in Orville, they did it in a few others where they always like visit a planet or they travel back in time to whatever time it currently is when the show comes out. Obviously, yeah. for uh, it's easy for budget because then you don't have yeah. to build a whole other set. Um, but it's always interesting to me when they do that stuff. It's the, Voy- the Voyager time travel is the best because it's the mid '90s, and oh man, they hit that fashion hard. Nice. Because I don't think TNG ever did in 1980s. They went back to they the did 1800s old, and Time Zero. Yeah, they did the old, but they they never did 1980s or, or even 90s time travel. I think the closest they came. Let's see, they did the Old West, and then they did the San Francisco. 
during the gold rush when they met Samuel Clemens and yeah, time zero. data's day or was that? Oh no. Data's day is that was a holiday getting married. Um, well then, then they uh, did first contact, but that was, that's into our future, yeah, their past yeah. with first contact. Okay. So yeah. Um, okay. So good. I think, yeah. Middle of the road episode for everybody. Um, not too bad, even though I Phil, you, you just watched this literally like, like an hour ago. Yeah. I got to keep it fresh <laughs> in my mind, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's not procrastination, right. it's freshness. <laughs> it's freshness. It's like a sell by Oh, date. no, there's no procrastination about it. It takes me that long just to get some nerve up to actually hit play. <laughs> I, I take a nice deep breath and go, all right, here we go. I've got to give this 110% for everybody. I definitely thought I was going to be the one who was like, oh, i got to watch another episode. I'm enjoying them, actually. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch the next one in a couple days. Because you don't know. I knew. I know what we're getting into here. (laughs) (laughs) If you could have seen this big, stinky pile of crap coming, you wouldn't have done it, too. Okay. Sounds sounds like our holiday episode. Oh, there's way worse episodes than this one. Yeah, no, no, there are. Um well, speaking of, don't forget that our holiday episode is coming up. Uh, it will be coming out Christmas Day. It's still a secret. Um, even though we've recorded it, it is still a secret. Yes. So I'm not telling right. anybody. Um, so, okay, great. So, yeah, thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, David, do your thing. All right. Uh, yeah, send us an email at nerdtrekpodcast at gmail.com if you want to tell us something we got right or, like Craig, correct us on something we got horribly, horribly wrong. Um, you can also check out our website at nerdtrekpodcast.com. We got links to all of our social medias there. We've got a Facebook, we've got a Twitter, we've got an Instagram uh, that we post wonderful nerd stuff on there as well. And you can check those out. That's pretty much it. That's awesome. my spiel. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again to our guest, uh, my dad, Craig, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Of course. You're going to stick around. We're going to do the next one, uh, Court Martial. So you're st- we're, I'm, I'm making you stick around for, the, for that one as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, but that's it for us. Thanks for joining us. No one died in this episode. So uh, Kill Tracker stays the same. Sorry. Yep. Same at 92. 92. Cool. All right. That's it for me. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs>